Giants looking for a stop. What the hell's going on out here? They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Cobb. Touchdown. R-E-L-T. Down go the Bears and the Packers after a month without a W. We ate a W, folks. The Packers got a W. The Packers won for the first time in over a month over the Chicago Bears. And if there was ever a team to beat and ever ever a team to, to get a win, to get back on the winning track, it's the Chicago Bears. But it was this, but, you know, we'll talk about it. But was this more of a... You know, the Bears are just a bad team, or are the Packers finally starting to come together and put some things together? Uh, what does this win mean? Uh, we'll talk about it, and we'll look forward to uh, the Packers hosting the Ravens this Sunday at Lambeau Field. Uh, and to do all this, and to discuss all of these interesting and, and riveting topics here on Blue Cheese Radio, joining me as always, Titletown Tie. Ty, it's been a while, but we get to do a show coming off of a, a Packer victory. How does it feel? Oh, it feels good to be back in that W column, Mike. I mean, they you, you pulled your little your Jameis Winston imitation there, eating the W's, <laughs> even though he's just kind of been eating the bench lately. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. You know, and there are, there are a couple of areas for concern we're going to talk about, but there are also a lot of areas for optimism coming out of this game. Yeah, uh, they they look pretty conf- competent coming out of this game um, in a number of areas, but you know Trubisky looked pretty decent as well for the well, Bears. That was part of the the uh, areas of concern. He had his most uh, his most yards passing by like almost double in this game against Green Bay that he had not even touched the rest of the season against any other team. So that's a little bit concerning, but they did really play a lot of base in this game to stop the run. And really at this point, Trubisky's not going to win you a game as we've seen. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It felt like the, uh, I'm actually want, I'm actually finishing up watching the game right now. This is the first time I've gotten a chance to actually sit down and watch the game play by play. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like they they really sold out more to stop the running backs, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, which is what we talked about last week. That was their real key to yeah. to winning this game on defense. Um, and then they pretty and, much did that. Uh, when you look at the numbers, let me see. Let me pull them up here. Uh, they held the Bears' run game seventeen attempts for fifty five yards, and um, twenty five yards of that fifty five came on one run by Jordan Howard. Yeah, Howard was looking good uh, early in the game to start the game, but uh, well, and, and speaking shut that of the defense, you know they they sold out to stop the run for the most part. But I found 
something really interesting that really caught my eye, particularly on third downs. And I think this was partially in effect that Vince Beagle is back in the lineup and Ahmad Brooks was back in the lineup to provide a little boy, um, little bit of extra pass rush on third downs. We saw the return of the psycho package. We're seeing a little bit of life out of Dom Capers in this game, changing things up, and we haven't seen the psycho used really since the days of B.J. Raji because he was such a force as the lone lineman in that package in the one five five. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? We've seen a little creativity on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball in this game against the Bears. Yeah, and I think when you're playing without Aaron Rodgers, what better time to to get creative and, and try some new things and think outside of the box uh, than now? You don't have your all-pro quarterback. you gotta, you got to find ways to move the ball and put points on the board. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we – go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna start being a little bit more creative and a little bit more uh, exotic uh, going forward. Well, and and Hunley showed to me in this game he can handle more of the playbook than what McCarthy was willing to give him in his first two starts. And you know, maybe Hunley is a little more comfortable now than he was the last two weeks. But it seemed like they opened the playbook for him a little bit more. McCarthy was more willing to commit to the run, which to me was even more impressive because the Bears' front seven is a real tough, legitimate front seven. Mm-hmm. And we had we totaled up was it like a hundred and hundred and sixty net rushing yards? Yeah, in this game against a, a tough Bears' front seven, so. I'm not going to take anything away from that effort, especially the incredibly hard-nosed effort that came from Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams—it was yeah. impressive. He didn't—he didn't break off any big runs or wasn't all that flashy. But man, can that guy just stick his head his, down and drive forward? His I mean, short yardage running ability, man. It—I mean, his long run was only, I think, maybe seven yards. But on the one conversion, he absolutely ran straight through Kyle Fuller. Oh, yeah. He did that a number of times. There was a third down uh, early in the fourth quarter, I believe, yeah. where he, he just put his head down and just kept churning. Um, you know, and when you look at the running backs all together, you got a, a guy like Ty Montgomery, good pass blocker, good out of the backfield. Um you know, I think he's he's a legit number one receiver, or number one running back. And you got Aaron Jones, who's a really good uh, speed guy, can can really you know break off the he's big a plays. To and now take you got it all a guy the way every time he touches the ball. Yeah, and now you got a guy like Jamal Williams who can get those uh, get those short yardage and pick up third downs, third and shorts, which is has been a really big problem for this team in the past. Yeah. So. You know, going forward, going through the rest of 2017, going into 2018, I think, you know, I think this running back group could shape up to be something, you know, pretty special for the Packers. Well, and it's the thing, too, where with Montgomery seems to play really well against the Bears, but he also seems to get hurt against the Bears. He re-aggravated his rib injury that he's trying to play through. Yeah. We've lost Aaron Jones for three to six weeks with the MCL sprain. But... yeah. This also leaves the door open for us to finally maybe get a look at Devontae Mays and see how the biggest back out of the bunch may look. And 
and you know Jamal Williams he showed all the traits of a cold weather runner so that's going to be really important going down the stretch uh, but I'm I'm interested to see if we do get a look at Mays going forward and see what kind of what kind of style he runs with because thus far we've seen three different running backs with three totally different running styles yeah, and we may get to see that as early as this week because um, it doesn't look like we know Aaron Jones is going to play. It doesn't look like uh, Ty Montgomery is going to play. If he does play, it probably won't be much with a, that reoccurring rib injury. Um, so, you know, we're you know, like I said, like we talked about a few weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers went down, this is, this is the time of year where we're really going to find out what we have, who's for yeah. real, who's, who's going to be, you know, making a difference on this team for years going forward. And, uh, you know, we got a segment later in the show that uh, will really dive into this, um, dive into this topic. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, when you don't have Aaron Rodgers and you got to and you got to depend on everyone else to make plays, that's where, you, that's where you really find out, you know, who's who's holding up their end of the bargain on this team. And, uh, yeah. So we will talk about that. Uh, we'll get back into this Bears game. Look forward to the Ravens game a little later, and um, and all that good stuff. We have got stat lines, which I'll admit, maybe I was, maybe yeah. I was, maybe maybe my uh, my drunken venture in the DeLorean last week was just a fever dream. But eh. you know, we're still feeling our way out on this whole situation. It's a pretty <laughs> fluid situation right now. So this is a. Um... This is a time for stat lines unlike anything we've ever experienced on this show. Yeah, it's a it's different, but I'll tell you what. I got a, I got another uh, interesting stat line for everybody later in the show. So, there's your teaser. Stay tuned. There we go. <laughs> but of course, as we do every week, we'll start this week out uh with our NFC North Power Rankings for week 10 here in the NFL. It's already to week 10. We're Already into the second half of the season. Packers still in it. Not out of playoff contention yet. You know. Uh, but did they dig themselves out of the well? Did somebody come and rescue Green Baby Jessica? Let's talk about it here on the NFC North Power Rankings for Week 10. Ty, you go first. What are your NFC North Power Rankings for Week 10? Well, and- I am thrilled to say that... I don't have to hold up to what I said last week. I'm not going to have to call them the Green Baby Jessicas for the rest of the season because they (laughs) didn't lose to the Bears. And starting at the bottom instead of the top this week, the Bears are in the basement. Bottom of the ladder once again, just sitting down there hiding behind the dryer, just hoping somebody comes to rescue them, and I don't know that it's going to happen this year. Um, Trubisky showed a little life, but like we said – uh, previously already. I think that's more because the team really sold out to stop the run. Um, so, you know, the, there you have that. They've still got a, a pretty real front front seven, but beyond that, I don't know much else is going to help them on that defense either. And then in third place, I've got the Packers climbing up out of the well after beating the Bears. I'm not ready to move them ahead of the Lions just yet just after the dismantling at Lambeau Field, even though their uh, records are currently identical. Um, a lot of promise. Still some areas of concern that we'll get into later on. Then I've got the Lions at two. 
They're the Lions at this point. I mean, I think they may end up finishing the season at either 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. I don't really have any kind of high hopes for them because they're just kind of a the hum-ho team of the NFL right now, like so many other teams right there with them. And then, unfortunately, at the top, I've still got the Vikings, who I think are making a massive mistake because God knows they're going back to Bridgewater this week, even though Case Keenum is doing everything to not lose them games. No, I think they came out and said that uh, Case Keenum's still going to be the starter. Oh, really? Because last I heard, Zimmer was asked about it, and he said, well, I know who my starting quarterback's going to be and pretty well played it off like, hey, hey, I'm not going to tell, which to me points more towards I'm going to make a change. Yeah, I thought I read earlier that um, that they were going to stick with Keenum this week. I may have just missed it. I think <laughs> you got played by Zimmer. You got Zimmered. I got Zimmered. There we go. <laughs> Invader Zimmered. Uh, so yeah, mine are the same. I got the Vikings at the top, seven and two. Impressive victory over the Redskins. Uh, this team just looks really good. Hell, they Case Keenum looks really good. Uh, they're on a hot streak. They're looking good. Will it last? We'll see. Who knows? Uh, then I got the Lions at two, five and four. Um, like like you, I'm not ready to put the Packers ahead of them just because the Lions, you know, did beat the Packers um, last week. Uh, in pretty convincing fashion, but uh, like you said, the Lions are just kind of a—they're uh, hard to figure out. You don't know what you're going to get one week to the next. They can beat a really good team and lose to a really bad team, and uh, you know they struggled in that Browns game for for quite a bit. Uh, for, yeah, for quite a while in that game. Uh, and if it wasn't for the Browns being the Browns and you know making stupid mistakes before the half that resulted in no points instead of you know at least three, you know who knows what could happen. But you know the Lions are at number two. Um, still a good team. And then the Packers have been rescued out of the well. They've crawled their way out of the basement. And what better, you know, what <laughs> what better elixir did you need than a, you know, a game against the Chicago Bears who, you know, make their living. They live in the basement. You know, they they they've yeah. made their home in the basement. You know, they got it all set up. They got, you know, that's just that's their address. You know, they don't live at, it's not sh- uh, Soldier Field anymore. It's 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 the basement. Um so I got the Bears. The Packers at three. We could start calling the Bears the Chicago Harry Potters. There's a kid living in the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> Pretty much at this point, I mean, we might as well. If we're going to be the Green Baby Jessicas, they can uh, they can be the Chicago Harry Potters. Um. So yeah, we we pretty much agree on those. Uh, the Packers, I think they have a good shot at climbing back up, maybe to the number two spot this week if they yeah. beat the Ravens. Um, but they're not out of it yet. Well, let's just they're they've been rescued. They're out of the well. They got that victory. Martellus Bennett is no longer on the team, uh, being Ass. the distraction and 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 shithead that he is. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe um, you know. In my perfect world, speaking of Martellus Bennett. In my perfect world, by week 15, the Packers get Aaron Rodgers back. They go on a roll, head to the playoffs, and win the Super Bowl by beating Martellus Bennett and the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. That would be... Oh, that would be just the sweetest victory. <laughs> that would and that be... would make the Packers 2-0 all-time against the Patriots in Super Bowls. Yeah, so uh, that would just be that would be a dream come true for me right now. But uh, those you are your just... weeks hit in NFC North Power <sighs> You know, and that's something I don't want to spend a lot of time on on this show, but I do want to touch on 
is the fact that you have this one guy who clearly in mine and pretty well everybody else's eyes quit. Oh yeah. He just quit. And then he wanted to badmouth Dr. McKenzie and you've had guys from Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson to James Jones to Leroy Butler and Tom Crabtree and hell, even Jermichael Finley coming out saying, no, nothing he's saying is true. I had nothing but caution and great care from Dr. McKenzie. What more do you need to know than the fact that as soon as the Packers released him, the Patriots picked up Martellus Bennett off of waivers, and he was playing... Uh, the very next week, uh, that, yeah, that uh, his injury that seemed to heal up really fine. Oh yeah, he, he well, seemed, I mean, for him to, to say that, oh, you know, I, I I wanted to go the route of having surgery, but the team kept pressuring me to play. You sure don't seem to need surgery now, so yeah, you, you seem you and, seem and, you fine know, he, now, buddy. He tries to use the argument of, oh, my shoulder was X-rayed in Green Bay. You need an MRI to see a torn rotator cuff, not an x-ray. So the team's not going to know to do that unless you tell them, a.k.a. disclose the injury, which you were released for not disclosing. So, nice try. You've uh, shot your whole story in the foot just on that alone. So, good riddance to him. No wonder he's been with, like, nine different teams in his career because nobody wants to keep him around. And, you know, that that's that. Yeah, uh, I actually posted it on Twitter the other day. But uh, earmuffs children, in the words of Jim Cornette, to put a stamp on the end of the Martellus Bennett era in Green Bay, thank you, fuck you, bye. Yeah, Moving on. pretty much. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, we mentioned it a minute ago. Aaron Rodgers uh, has been seen working out at practice this week, taking snaps, uh you know, doing some stretching drills. Not with the team, just with the trainers. Yeah, but, but he's, he, you know, that's something. He's, he's working. He's doing cardio. He's stretching. He's taking snaps. He's not human. That's not news. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's encouraging. Yeah, just the fact that he's out there, you know, getting some work in does give you a little hope that he will be able to return before the end of the season. Um, and, you know, looking at the schedule, I was looking at it last night. Um, and we were talking about this before we came on the air, but if the Packers can, from here to week 15, can win the games that they probably should win and still lose the games that they probably should lose, you know, to the Steelers, yeah. things like that, uh, the Packers will still be probably pretty damn close to playoff contender, maybe 7-6, uh, and six, something like that by week 15. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and we're sitting at 5-4. and four. Mm-hmm. I think they can beat the Ravens this Sunday. And the Ravens are a hard team to figure out, which we'll get into. I mean, they, they come out and they, they win a game like 40 to nothing one week, and the next week come and lose a game 41 to 7 or 44 to 7 or what it was to Jacksonville. And they just are. They're a hard team to figure know. out. Yeah. And, you know, like they have the most interceptions in the league, but they turn the ball over very readily on offense. I don't even know. The Steelers is not getting flexed out. That's staying a Sunday night game. I just saw before we came on the air. Um, that one, probably a loss. But the way Big Ben has been this year, yeah, who knows? Because that yeah. dude seems to quit every other week. He's not sure what he wants to do. 
the Buccaneers game, I think looks much more winnable now than it did at the start of the season. Then it, you know, it looks even much more winnable now than it did, you know, three or four weeks ago when we, went yeah, and, you know, we're kind of reassessing the end of the season anyway with, you know, Jameis Winston eating W's and riding benches and, uh, yeah, you know, they're just kind of a mess right now. <laughs> and then the Browns, I think the Browns are going to go zero and sixteen. I think they'll go one and fifteen. You think they'll get one at the the very end of the season when somebody rests all their starters? I think they'll beat Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's about ready to give up on Marvin Lewis. I could see that happening. And the laser effect Um, just isn't working the way it uh, it was. The Panthers game, that's likely to be a loss unless something drastic happens. Unless Aaron Rodgers is playing. Oh, that's true because he could come back that week. That's true. Um, So, yeah, we can't pencil that one out yet. Then we got at the Vikings... That's a uh, that's a Sunday night game. Which if Rodgers is back, a revenge there you game. Go. If, a revenge game, and then we've got at Detroit to finish out the season. Which well, the Vikings game will be at, it will be at home, right? Yeah, because that's yes, yeah. yeah, that'll be at home. That'll be at Lambeau, and Rodgers could be back. And but you know what, dude? If if Humley keeps improving the way that he's improving, and they continue to be creative. Even if Rodgers isn't back by the Vikings game, I still think it's winnable. I think the remaining two division games we have against the Vikings then at the Lions are winnable games. I mean, division games in general are, are real toss-ups most of the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you have just a real difference maker like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, and then you can pretty much dominate those. But, you know... you. Div- I mean, I, I think best case... We're sitting at, see, I think we're sitting at, I think we're sitting at eight and four, best case, when Rodgers comes back, or eight and five, I mean. Because if, if Rodgers comes back for week 15, which is seeming more likely to play at the Panthers, I think they can win three of their next four with the loss being at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's not out of the question. You know, this this win against the Bears, you know, it, it was an, it's an important win. I mean, that was one of the games that we should win. Um, so, I, it's we'll take it one week at a time. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're gonna have to. Rogers is because just we still snaps. don't know. We we don't know if this will be a consistent type of deal. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but if we are going to uh, to make a run here, we're gonna be without uh, at least for this week and and for you know going forward. Aaron Jones running back three to six weeks with an MCL sprain, um, and Ty Montgomery looks like he will miss this week. Uh, he didn't practice today with his rib injury. Um, so we're down yeah. to Jamal Williams and possibly Devontae Mays. Devontae and Mays. And the Ripper. And, uh, and Randall Cobb and the Wildcat, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to find some, uh, we're going to find out about some of these running backs. We found out a little bit about Jamal Williams. Um, 
against the um, against the Bears, and we may find out a little bit about Devontae Mays going forward uh, if uh, our top two running backs can't go. But, you know, I like what I've seen out of Jamal Williams so far. Other injuries, though, um, Morgan Burnett still can't seem to stay healthy. He missed practice today with the groin injury. Still the groin. Yeah. And uh, Quentin Dial, I don't think he practiced today. He's questionable. Um, uh, no, he was a full participant Oh, today. he was? Okay. Well, did he play against the Bears? Because I saw a lot of Montrevious Adams. No, he was uh, – I don't know. Dial didn't play, but Adams did play. Um, Dial did fully participate, though. He was a full participant with the chest injury. Hunley was a full participant, even though he seemed to hurt his hamstring on er, in the game. Joe Thomas was a full participant. Yeah, he. So he's really working his way. Well, he back. played against the Bears. Did he yeah. play? Yeah, uh, he uh, got that bl- oh, okay. uh, block in the back penalty on the return. That's right. That's right. He just didn't play any snaps at inside yeah. linebacker. He was just on special teams, but he was back. He played there against Bears. See, and then uh, limited participants. Mod Brooks still with the back injury, but I think he'll be fine. He's pretty well being used almost exclusively on third downs. Uh, Kevin King has the shoulder injury he's still dealing with. Justin McCray is dealing with the ankle injury and Nick Perry with the foot injury. But it doesn't seem like any of that's going to be something to really have to watch for, except maybe King dealing with the shoulder. Have they still not put uh, Balaga on IR yet? Because uh, I still see him on the injury. I mean, he's listed on the injury yeah, report. Yeah, ACL. So, I'm like, I thought he tore his ACL. <laughs> he's not. He, he's not going to play. He tore his ACL. He's he's done. Yeah. So I. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the injury report's looking better. It's not the uh, mash unit that it was a few weeks ago. So uh, that's a positive. Definitely We're not. Need you know as many healthy bodies as we can get, which is a rarity in Green Bay. Um, but, uh, you know, that's good news. Some good news coming out here, folks. This is a show full of good news after three uh, weeks of uh, just depressing and sad news. Sadness. <laughs> yeah, just misery <laughs> and complete uh, insanity. Uh, and speaking of complete insanity, let's look at the stat lines for week nine. Packers and Bears. Packers oh, Jesus. beat the Bears 23-16. to Get their first win in a month. And, uh... Our stat lines, we were a little off. <laughs> we were, we were. We may as well have both been drunk. <laughs> we, we may have been. Uh, yeah, I, I, maybe my uh, my trip in the DeLorean last week was a fever dream, and I, I thought it was real, but it, it wasn't. Um, well, mine were totally off the cuff last week. So, well, your uh, your Clay Matthews wasn't wasn't uh. too bad. Uh, all of mine were just completely way out of left field. Uh, I had Kevin King with four total tackles, one pass defense, and uh, one interception. He finished with two total tackles. He did have one pass defense, so I'll give myself a quarter of a point on that one. Uh, But still hasn't gotten the interception yet. Um, Do you think Kevin King's going to get an interception this year? I think so. I I think it's just a matter of time. I think he's got... I think he's got too much... Honestly, he's got too much body area that I, I think, if anything, something's got to even just, like, fall on his lap at some point. Yeah, he's come close. You know, Demarius Randall's had two fall on his lap this season, so. Yeah, Randall's uh, old Sleevy Wonders back in the groove. 
Um, yeah, he is. So maybe maybe some of that will rub off on Kevin King going forward. Then I had Brad Hundley going 5 of 12 for 36 yards and one interception, only to get injured in the first quarter to bring on Smoking Joe Callahan. Neither of that happened. Hundley actually played pretty pretty well. Uh, he wasn't perfect, wasn't great. Um he finished with a 110 rating. Yeah, he he did okay. 18 to 25, 212 yards, one touchdown, did not turn the ball over uh, in this game. He was sacked three times, but, you know, uh, overall a very efficient day. He didn't, you know, he didn't lose the game for him. That's pretty much what you can ask for with a guy making his third start in the NFL. Uh, didn't get hurt, and Smoking Joe didn't come in with the 22 to 27 288 yards and three touchdown performance that I uh, I somehow saw. I don't I don't know what was going on, <laughs> but you know it is what it is. Um, and then man, you you uh, you're Aaron Jones. You had Aaron Jones 19 and nine or 19 attempts for 92 yards and one touchdown. Uh, uh, got, got hurt, hurt in the first. I'll, I'll give you uh, the asterisk on that one. He finished with th- three I mean, carries, you know, 12 yards. He had three. And I just I think had he not gotten hurt, it would have happened. Well, do the, let's let's do the math here real quick. If uh, let's see, let's see three. How many times does three go into nineteen? Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen. So let's say eighteen. I bet I bet that is kind of close. Uh, yeah, I mean, because he was averaging four yards a carry. For 19 carries, he would have needed to average about 4.8 yards a carry to get to the 92 yards, so it would have been close. He may not have got quite the 92 at 19 carries, but as much as they were running the ball, he may have gotten more than 19 carries that he not got hurt, so it it probably would have been close. Yeah, and they ran the ball pretty pretty well. Um so he he he'd yeah. probably been a major beneficiary of that, but uh, oh well, you get the asterisk on that one. Then you had Clay Matthews. This one was pretty pretty decent. Four total tackles, one tackle for a loss, one sack. Only had one tackle, uh, but that tackle was for a loss. So uh, you get a you get a bit yeah. of a point there. And he had one pass defense. Um, so Clay Matthews uh, probably playing one of the- this was the game for Nick Perry. Yeah, I was just on the wrong side of the line. <laughs> Nick Perry came back with a with a vengeance in this game, and uh, Brett Hundley. 27 to 37, 120 yards and three interceptions. Not quite. <laughs> that was the weirdest stat line of my life. Hey, you know it's not completely out of out of the question for Hunley, but you know he he came through, came through. Eight. No, he really did. He looked good. He looked composed. He looked calm. He wasn't trying to scramble every time he had the ball. That was a big thing for me. He showed some pocket presence. Yeah, and uh, I think I think the. Uh, the the chewing gum probably helped him as well. I think there's a definitely the chewing gum. Do you think that was weird or was it just me? I've never seen a quarterback chew gum while playing the game. I I didn't take anything from it. I mean, I've seen Michael Jordan chew gum during a game, so after that, it's not really a thing. I don't care. Well, you know, in the NFL, don't I? I just thought. Well, I guess Rogers doesn't. I mean, it didn't mess with his cadence. Yeah, but I mean, I guess Rogers didn't use uh he doesn't use a mouthpiece, does he? Yeah. No. So okay, I guess that's not that weird. I just I don't know. 
No, Rogers doesn't use a mouthpiece. Uh, Brady doesn't use a mouthpiece. Favre and Manning never used a mouthpiece. Okay, yeah, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it's not that. Because they do got to call out signals and, and all that, and it's kind of hard to do with a mouthpiece in, so... Yeah, I don't that's know, weird. I've never seen a quarterback a with a and gun. watching some Colts games. It's it's really weird because he already has that like really throaty, deep voice, kind of like the ogre that he is. <laughs> so with a mouthpiece, it's kind of muffled, mumbled, and it's really weird sounding. I don't know how they can do audibles in Indianapolis with him in the game, but whatever. <laughs> oh, and that neck beard. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think this Hundley digging into this Bears game, this was Hundley's best game as a, as a pro football player, oh, I think, yeah. easily. Um, we just read the stat line. Also had two carries or two, uh, yeah, two rushes for 16 yards uh, in the game as well. My, uh, my one concern, not really a concern, but if I'm nitpicking for a guy that's just played his third game in the NFL, uh, it seemed a little uh, – uh, that was the word I'm looking for. A little hesitant at times. Like he'd have a, you know, he would he, misread. He wouldn't he trust did. his reads. Were, he would, you know, he would like go to throw the ball, but he would kind of hesitate and then throw it, and it'd be a little bit late, so it would almost be intercepted or, or batted down, or or he'd just, you know, yeah. I I think that comes with time, though, because we did see a lot more good from him. Like I I saw a lot of that in the Lions yeah. game. A lot of what you're talking about, like where his arm is just like, ah, I don't want to. It's like but, he's nervous. But, you know, then you see things like that back, the back shoulder throw to Adams on the touchdown. That was an absolutely gorgeous throw. Pinpoint exactly where it needed to be. Zipped it in there after he rolled out to avoid the rush. The, uh, the dime to Adams <laughs> down the sideline was amazing. That was perfect. Yeah, those and, look like Aaron Rodgers throws. Yeah, you know, and then he was he was fitting the ball where it needed to be on short slants too, like the one to Cobb. Cobb broke that one for thirty eight. Yeah, and that was on a a slant. He hit Cobb exactly where he needed to hit him in a hole in the zone. Um, Jordy Nelson only caught three passes for a total of twenty yards, but one was a huge third down conversion that Hundley threw off his back foot and hit Nelson right in the middle of a zone with three bears around him. So that was impressive. Yeah, Hundley definitely looked better as the game went on. Um, the second half especially. Yeah, and hopefully he can carry that into you know next week and going forward. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely early in the game, though. He just looked a little hesitant to me. He would, uh, you know, he'd start to throw. He'd kind of stop and then throw. And it's like, you know, you got to... He's getting there, you know. Uh, like I said, as the game went yeah, on, he got know, better. The, the fact that the tight ends each had a catch, I mean, they only totaled 17 yards a catch apiece, but the fact that he did hit Kendricks for one, he did hit Richard Rodgers for one, to me shows me that he's going through his reads more because tight ends in this offense are generally not the first read. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he, he is. He's looking elsewhere he's not just staring down his his first read and trying to fit it in there or panicking and scrambling because his first read's not open right away well i did see him do that a couple of times in this game there was a third down 
uh, I think in the first quarter, there was a third down. I think it was on the first drive, actually, where he had Adams open. Uh, but he just yeah. didn't trust uh, – I don't know. He just didn't trust it. I don't know what it was, but he just kind of rolled out. And I think he ended up throwing that ball away. But, you know, that's something that he'll see well, on film and he'll get better at. Um, if you throw away the first half of this game and just look at Hunley in the second half of the game – he fully passes the eye test as a starting NFL quarterback. Yeah, I would say so. Because, like I said, they were like you know you go back to the touchdown to Adams, you go to the the big third down deep ball to Adams that you know Adams caught the one handed catch and going into the two minute warning there, which I, I actually just watched that uh, the game's over now, but I was actually just saw that he looks like Aaron. He I mean not he doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that, but you look at his mannerisms and the way. You know, his throwing motion, the way he, he – it just reminds you of Aaron Rodgers. It looks like they have, you know, a, a lesser – a poor man's Aaron Rodgers kind of going right now with Brett Hundley. Well, and, and, you know, that's that comes from sitting behind Rodgers as long as he has because even in Rodgers' first year as a starter, we saw a little bit of Brett Favre here and there and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, especially when when, you, when he's given the handoff on, on a stretch play. Look oh, yeah. Just yeah, that's like, all Favre. <laughs> just look, look just like Favre. I mean, he sticks the hand out there. He hides the ball behind his back. And Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are about the only two I've seen just try to hide the ball behind their back the way they do. <laughs> and... You know, we've even seen it from Rodgers a few times here and there that something he picked up from Favre is when it's going to be a play action or even a draw. He pops up from under center, gives a quick little pump fake, and then turns around to hand it off. <laughs> or fake the handoff. It's or just hand it off and then just Favre throw the said. open hand so people think that you're throwing. I've yeah. seen that. And, I mean, has that Favre ever, has that ever fooled that anybody, though? Yeah, has that ever fooled anybody, though? I Or was that just far fucking around? I don't around? know. <laughs> I mean, Favre, Favre has always said that it wasn't actually part of the play design to give the pump fake as soon as he came out from under center or throw the open hand. He just felt like, well, if I'm going to hand it off, I'm kind of bored just standing there, so I may as well do yeah. something. <laughs> I mean, you got a cannon like Favre or Rodgers has. You know, the defense has to pay attention when they're throwing that arm around. They got to make sure the ball's not in it because you never know. Because yeah. they can both come up. We've seen Rodgers do this a number of times play action fake as soon as that ball, as soon as he pulls that ball uh, out from, you know, away from the running back, just let it go over the middle on a quick slant or something like that. You know, oh, yeah. it happens. But it, it was just always funny to me watching Favre do that, where he would pull the ball back, or he'd hand the ball off, and then just throw his arm out, and the whole and it just didn't seem like it affected the defense one way or other. It may have, I don't know, but uh, I mean, with him, God knows, you never know because it comes out so fast. Yeah. So I, I, just, I always thought that was funny. Um, but you mentioned him a minute ago. Um, you, Jordy Nelson, I think you, you said he only had, uh, what, three catches for 20 yards. For yeah, 20, maybe they had a yeah. big catch on third down. But, uh, again, another, you know, subpar pedestrian day for Jordy Nelson. After I, a guy who, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, was was almost on pace to break the single-season touchdown record uh, earlier in the season yeah. and has been pretty much a non-factor ever since Favre went down. 
at this point in his career, do you think is would you say it's safe to say that Jordy is pretty much only effective with Aaron Rodgers in the game? I think so at this point. I think that's showing us that. And I think we're seeing on the flip side from Adams that he is a true number one receiver in this league with or without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's a that was another that's big a question. big thing we so talked about. You know, with Adams coming up on the contract, uh, this being a contract yeah. year, can he still produce without Aaron Rodgers? And this game was a big step in the direction of saying, yeah, this dude can play no matter who's throwing him the ball. Yeah, I mean, he had five for ninety and a touchdown with that long of forty two. Yeah. And the thing with Jordy is, if if that is the case and he's really not effective outside of having Aaron Rodgers on the field with him, that's where if Adams becomes a little pricey, then I could see them calling Jordy up to Ted Thompson's office and having the same discussion they had with A.J. Hawk over, hey, we don't want to let you go, but we're going to need to talk about taking a pay cut. Yeah, and... uh. I don't know, Jordy. I don't know, Jordy. Jordy's still a good receiver. He's a, still a good oh, route he runner. Is. He's not. He's a possession receiver at this point in his career. He's not a field stretcher. Anymore. Yeah, he's not. He's not the number one guy anymore. But with that said, with Driver Rod- was the same way. Yeah, but with Rogers, Jordy is a dangerous weapon in the red zone. We talked about it. Uh, and we we've seen it this year. Well, a lot of it depends on the quarterback, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, because, yeah, that's you know, you the thing. Yeah, it did. Donald Driver was the guy when Favre was there. Donald Driver was the guy. Then Roger stepped in, and Greg Jennings kind of you know that even that first year became the guy, and that eased Driver out. And then Jordy Nelson snatched that from Greg Jennings within just a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's just. If that is a conversation, they have a chemistry. Yeah, if that is a conversation that they're going to have to have at the uh, the end of the year with uh, Jordy and Ted Thompson and the front office, whoever. Um, I don't know. I'd hate to see him go because I know how effective he can be with Rodgers. But I do. I think that he's. I mean, next year will be his last year contract wise, right? I believe so. Yeah, and, and to me, I mean, a lot of people still bark about. Cobb being overpaid, but two out of the last three years, he's dealt with such terrible injuries for a receiver to have that, yeah, his numbers haven't been great, but I think at this point in their careers, Cobb's still only 26, and he has more upside and versatility in his game than Jordy will have as far as one of them being cut or one of them being asked to take a pay cut. Yeah, yeah, I think Cobb has still has more to offer than Jordy does at this point. I think Jordy is probably I mean Jordy is the better all around receiver. Um but he's more of you know, he's the outside guy. Yeah. More than Cobb will be, even at this point. But I think Cobb just offers you more in that he can re- still return punts if you need him to. Yeah. He is a top to me, when he's healthy, he's a top-level slot receiver. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands in space, and he can run the ball, and, you know, we'll talk about it, but he is a threat to pass the ball if McCarthy wants him to. Yeah. Even though we haven't seen that in the NFL. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that with Cobb. Uh, you know, we, we saw it, uh, I know, a few times in this Bears game. The Packers did run the Wildcat with Randall Cobb, 
And, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, if what better time to, to start trying some things like that than when, when you don't have Aaron Rodgers on the field. Um, now, it didn't, you know, the, the few plays that they did run against the Bears, it, it didn't work. You know, and that's the thing about the Wildcat. The Wildcat has kind of been phased out of the league for a reason. Every team is pretty much caught up to it. Yeah. Um, well, you got to – I don't think they practice it very much either. And Cobb alluded to that, that – no, it does. It didn't run as well as it did in his time at Kentucky, because he was a yeah. a real threat out of it at UK, and uh, it's something he has mentioned that. And he I think would they should. I think at more. this point they should um, give the defense some new looks, do some new things. You you know, I don't know. I don't know if the Wildcat. I don't know if the Wildcat is the answer. But I do I mean, think Cobb they has, can do some different, uh, some different formations. You know, put a, you know, you can put a Brett Hundley out wide, yeah. put Cobb at quarterback, have him throw it out. You know, there are different things you can do. You showed me the play uh, from the Kentucky Tennessee game uh, for that two point conversion at the end of the game uh, that, that Kentucky ran. If the, if the Packers can do something like that, that would be fantastic. I think just lining up, though, in a pure wildcat formation, I, I just don't yeah. see it working in, in the league anymore. Well, and Hunley was even split out wide on a couple well, of those Well, one, he lined up and, like a lead uh, blocker, which was weird. I told you before the show, Thane... Yeah, and, and Thane and I talked on Twitter um, from PTTF earlier today because he was talking about Cobb and the Wildcat and Cobb has good arm talent I mean he was brought to Kentucky as a quarterback and they converted him to a receiver and he played he started several games as a true freshman quarterback at UK so it's not like he went against a bunch of chump talent in the the Mac or something like that it was SEC talent that he was throwing against successfully and uh this is one of those things where, like you said, trying different formations, they could run it out of the Wildcat, have him run the quarterback draw, toss it over to Hundley because the Bears sold out to stop the run when they lined up in the Wildcat. Yeah. Nobody yeah, was interested in coverage at all. That could be key. I, I think – And Go ahead. You know, even well, – you know, the, the only other idea I had for it and Captain is freaking out. <laughs> I was wondering if that was right you going crazy on the keyboard, like having a conversation on AIM uh, no, that's, or something. But. That's Captain. <laughs> and <laughs> no, he – and what ferrets do is they might get a piece of food stuck in the roof of their mouth, so they'll bite <laughs> the edge of their food dish oh, and try to work thing. that free. And I think that's what he's trying to do. He's having his midnight dinner, 2 a.m. dinner. But – uh you know, just another formation that I thought about with that concerning Cobb would be even. <laughs> good God, man! Even to. <laughs> I was afraid he was going to do this, but one of them would wake up and do this. That Cobb could be split out wide, or even be in the slot and drop back, and Hundley could almost toss it to him on a screen, yeah. and then give him the option I mean, to either this would run be the or time. throw. You know, we know Cobb can throw the football. He's got an arm, and you know when you got Aaron Rodgers, you know you, you. Why would you have anybody else 
throwing the football other than Aaron Rodgers, but you don't have him right now. I wouldn't be surprised. Wink, wink. I wouldn't be surprised if Randall Cobb, within the next few weeks, throws a pass or two. Just saying. Just saying. Um... <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. The running game kind of uh, kind of up in the air right now with Montgomery's injury and, and Aaron Jones's injury. Jamal Williams came in and uh, and really showed some some really tough, hard nosed running um, for the leading rusher from uh, in BYU history. He finished the game with twenty carries for sixty seven yards, converted a couple of big third downs of just you know, putting your head down and pushing forward to get to that yellow line. The Packers overall, you know, with the injuries and all and everything combined, 37 attempts rushing the football, 160 yards and a touchdown uh, against a very stout Bears front seven. You know, we, we you mentioned that. Um, but if Montgomery can't go, if Aaron Jones can't go, do you trust Jamal Williams carrying the load going forward? I think he proved to you against Chicago that you can trust him carrying the load going forward. He brings a different running style than either Montgomery or Aaron Jones brings. He, you know, he's not really the home run hitter. He can catch out of the backfield. He is a good pass blocker, but he's a guy that he's going to go in and he has a really, like you said, downhill, hard nosed running style, and he's going <laughs> to pound it over and over and you know that's the type of back that <laughs> no when you, you yeah, when you, when you said uh, they're gonna out. pound it over and but over i just remembered that quote from marshawn lynch where they were talking about you know what do you plan on doing he's like i'm gonna run through a motherfucker's face over and over and over and over and over <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he ran through Kyle Fuller's face over and over on Sunday, and and he brings that to the table, and that's the type of back that, like Eddie Lacy did when he was here and healthy and in shape, yeah. it wears a defense down. And if McCarthy is willing to commit to that, even if he's only gaining three three and a half yards a carry, that's still being ahead of the chains. That's still yeah, not a carry for no yards. Third, that's still not a carry four. for one yard. And most of his yards came after contact on Sunday. That's another important thing. I think all but all but seven of his sixty seven rush yards came yeah. after yeah, contact. I, I, I feel okay. I like I said, when he came out of college watching watching some of his college stuff, I was excited about Jamal Williams. I thought he was gonna be a real breakout star. Aaron Jones, though, somehow leapfrogged him. Um became the well, Jones just really showed that home run type of ability. I think that's what really allowed him to leapfrog Williams and set himself apart. Yeah, he hasn't Williams shown that really breakout ability, yet. that home run ability like you talked about, like you just mentioned. Um, but that's my biggest concern. When you have a team that is struggling to score touchdowns, struggling to score points, you got a quarterback coming into his fourth start now uh, in Brett Hundley. Uh those big home run, I mean, those are really how we were scoring our points. You look at the Ty Montgomery touchdown against the Bears this week, 37-yard touchdown. You yeah. go back to uh, the Aaron Jones touchdown against the Saints, which is like a 50-yard touchdown run. You know, we need some of those. Do you, can Jamal Williams, as do you, do you feel Jamal Williams can hit a big home run 
play like that if needed, or is he just a guy that's just going to take get the ball 20, 25 times and get you 60 to 80 yards? I mean, I think he was pretty close to breaking a few against the Bears on Sunday. I think um, uh, one was, I believe, actually a fourth down conversion that I think had he kept his head up, yeah, it was a fourth down one where he went up the middle. I think had he kept his head up and just tried to churn out a little bit more, he would have squirted right through there and took off with nothing but grass in front of him. So, I mean, I think he was close. I think he had a few moments where he looked really close to to breaking one. And for a guy like that who does run so hard and can wear a defense down, it's just a matter of time before he comes up on the right defender mm-hmm. that he's just mowed over one too many times in a game where that guy maybe doesn't put forth the full effort to tackle this guy that's just whooped his ass for a whole game. And that's where you end up breaking off those type of big home run type uh, rushes yeah, with right. a guy like um, Williams. I don't know. I haven't seen. I feel like. I feel like. Like you said, the opportunities were there for bigger runs. I, I don't know. And it seems like I've seen that anytime he's been in the game this year. Um, he's just. He's a straight ahead, head down. I'm just going to run over what whatever's in front of me from point A to point B. I haven't seen a lot of good, you know, movement inside the hole, a lot of good, you know, uh, his cuts, uh, ball carrier vision, those type of things I'd like to see him improve on, I'd like to see more out of. But in terms of just a, a straight-ahead battering ram, uh, yeah, this guy's going to wear down a few defenses. And then, you know, who knows, what, you know, once Montgomery comes back um, – Yeah, and, and that's the thing. We don't know what we have with Mays either because while Mays did have you know more limited college action than either Aaron Jones or uh, Jamal Williams, even at 230, he showed some of that home run type ability. Um, where was uh, it? Where did he go? Was it South Florida or Central yeah, Florida? Like I think it was Central Florida. I can't remember. But um, he did show some breakaway ability even at 230 pounds so he could you know he could have the same type of ability yeah, I, as I think he's gonna have his opportunity uh coming up it seems like every seems like every running back is getting their opportunity in, in increments before they get hurt like ty montgomery at the first beginning of the year was 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 really on 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 point like those first few games were you know our perfect stat lines pretty much were ty montgomery and then he goes down, Aaron Jones comes in, Aaron Jones is the hot yeah. hand for four weeks. Now he's hurt. Maybe Joel Williams can uh, keep it going and give us another uh, hot four weeks at the running back position. Well, and that's the thing. This is the NFL now. This is the NFL of today. You don't have Jim Brown. You don't have Emmett Smith. You don't have Jerome Bettis. You don't have those type of guys. You don't have a Priest Holmes that you can ride for every carry of a game. It's running back by committee. It's keeping fresh legs in the game. It's switching up the runner styles every few carries. And Guillaume giving defense more to think about. Yeah. That's the modern running back yeah, position it, 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 in the we'll NFL. See. <clears throat> it, it's. It's a big. That's the biggest question mark right now. Even more so than than Hunley uh, on the offense right now is just the running back situation because it's it's going to be important because the Packers have to run the football if they they plan to be successful uh, going forward. So uh, 
we'll see. Starting this week, they got a tough test against the Ravens coming up. But before we get to the Ravens, before we get to our stat lines, before we get to uh, for the for the rest of our show and our, our fake sponsor break, <laughs> everyone's favorite. Um, Let's look at the defense. Comes back. The pass rush returns in this game. Five sacks. They, they had two sacks the, the previous two games. Yeah. They get five this game. Uh, one for Mike Daniels, one for Devon House, and three sacks for Nick Perry. Perry back with a vengeance. Uh, can, the, can the defense keep this up? Was this just a, a product of playing against a, a rookie quarterback or – can the Packers continue getting pressure on these quarterbacks? Because this week, yeah, they got Joe Flacco, who's pretty much a statue in the pocket. But Flacco's a, he's a smart veteran quarterback. He knows when to get the ball out of his hands. Um, um You know, if, if Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark continue to play the middle the way they are, I mean, good God, Kenny Clark deserves Pro Bowl nod. I'm going to say it. He probably won't get it because no one's talking about him, and he's a three-four yeah. lineman and basically, you know, particularly a nose tackle. And but he was in good the back God, quite the a man bit. is a statue. He is immovable. Yeah, and I mean, he he's just playing above and beyond my expectations for him this year. I can't say that enough. And Mike Daniels looks. Mike Daniels looked healthy. This is the first time I feel like I've I've seen a healthy Mike Daniels it's since it is. the Seattle game. <laughs> and uh, and with Perry, the club is gone. He looked good. He's able to use both hands now to grab a hold of somebody. I think Ahmad Brooks provides a lot of good rotational depth, especially on third downs. Um, and and again. Back to Capers busting out the psycho package, uh, which I've been a fan of for years. I've been a fan yeah. of the one five five in situational downs since I saw the Patriots use it for the first time back in like um, maybe oh five was the first time I saw the psycho. Which you know they didn't call it that. That's what Capers calls it in his defense, but it's a one five five defense. And for any of our fans who who don't know what we mean and are, are learning football, it goes as it says. Like when you have a 3-4, you got three uh, three linemen, four linebackers. A 1-5-5 five, five is one lineman, five linebackers, five defensive backs, and everybody's up moving all over the place. I think Rex Ryan used to call his the, the, um, the amoeba defense because everybody was constantly <laughs> shifting and moving and then suddenly coming at you when the ball was snapped. But uh, it's an effective tool in situational downs. And I would love to see them run more of it now that they have a a little bit of a more bolstered linebacking core with Brooks playing again and with uh, Beagle yeah, working his I, way into the it, rotation I, more. I think it's going to be important. Dude, when you, uh, that <laughs> when you do like an, uh, a psycho package or uh, I guess it was on the Madden game two years ago, where they kind of had a package like that in, where it was one down lineman and then a bunch of linebackers around. You use that in the game and you manipulate, you know, your uh, your yeah. D pad correctly. That it's it's impossible to stop. You'll get a sack every every snap. <laughs> Especially if you are if you have good enough corners in the game to run man to man, and they're not selling out with like an empty backfield. 
if you run out of a psycho or a one five five and run under smoke, yeah, and just yeah. start shifting everybody <laughs> so, around. It's almost a guaranteed yeah, sack. I, I I think it will tell. It, uh, but we'll I mean, find out just, more about it's just this, this pass rush. One of those things, whether or not they're getting they're actually getting back on track, or whether it was just the fact that they played against Trubisky and the Bears. Um, you know, these next coming weeks, they got Flacco, they got Roethlisberger. Uh, if if they can if they can still get pressure on those guys, uh, you know that that's when I'll make my decision. But it was good to see the pass rush coming back uh, for this one, especially for Perry and even Devon House oh, getting yeah. a sack. Who would have thought? <laughs> but uh, yeah. And he needed that yeah. because he's had a rough it, few weeks in coverage. Yeah, I think everybody's had a rough, rough uh, few weeks, so I can't, can't just single out House. Yeah, who would have? How would you? Well, who would have thought that? Randall's look good. Like the beginning of the season, be like, oh, halfway through the season, everybody else would be terrible. But Demarius Randall I mean, is, start is over the best Kings. cornerback on the on the team. You'd be like, come on. Well, you know what? Haha said it weeks ago. He said it in I think after the after the uh, Dallas game. Demarius Randall is the most talented individual we have. I mean, have that's probably true. I mean, the guy is an, is a hell of an athlete. I mean, he he has great natural talent, and I just I really hope for him he continues the path that he's on, where he, he's not really running his mouth. He's going out and he's playing and he's doing a hell of a job. He had one big missed tackle that stood out to me in the Bears game on the screen. I think it was a tight end screen, but he slipped on a yeah. wet field. So I'm yeah, not I mean, really going to penalize him for of, that. Of either. A redemption and, and Randall is coming back, and and you know he will be that that corner that we were hoping he'd be at the beginning of last year. Um, so let's hope. Uh, yeah, but I hope. before we get into the Ravens visiting Lambeau Field to take on the Packers this Sunday, uh, as we do every week with every game, for the most part. Uh, it's time for first word. Uh, Ty, do you have a uh, first word handy for me, or do you, would you like for me to go first? You can think of yours while you're thinking on, on what your first word for my topic is, or how would you like to do this this week? I'll I'll, I'll turn the floor over to you. I mean, I, I've got okay. I've got one, right. but I'd love to hear yours first. A- age before you? beauty, as they say. Oh, well, that doesn't count. Yeah, you're like um, a month and a half older than me. <laughs> that doesn't count. Come on. I'm still a young man. <laughs> um, all right. So my first word for you this week, and what the first thing that pops into your head when I say the name Devontae Adams? One. Very good. As a number one wide receiver. He's got that kind of talent. He, I mean, he he does. He's showing it that he has it yeah. without Aaron Rodgers. And oh man, that one he absolutely murdered. I think it was Kyle Fuller. Yeah, he murdered him <laughs> on that screen where he shook him out of his shoes. I mean, he he left that man dead on the field. That should have been illegal. The cops should have arrested Devontae Adams for that because yeah, that Adams was a Yeah, Adams has crime. every trait you need to be a number one receiver. Not only is he a deep threat, not only can he make incredible catches like he did with a one-handed catch at the end of the game, but he's also deadly yards after the catch. 
You know, like like we said, he can do everything, and he's strong. Oh man, he's shifty. Yeah, and he's he's and, so good coming off the line. Like he's not a burner. He's not going to just beat you down the field with speed. But he's become such a good route runner, and he's become so good at putting the um, the double moves on guys and making every route seem the same from the start of the route that he he beats press coverage so well that he just he gets by you and he makes the contested catches. If it's a 50-50 ball yeah. with Adams, it's really more like yeah, an he's, 80-20. Yeah, he's just a big, strong, good route runner. I mean, I agree with you. I think he is a number one receiver right now. I think he'll get paid like a number one receiver, whether it's by us or someone else. Uh, I, you know, and that's what worries me. I hope he yeah. <laughs> he might be pricing himself out at this point. If, if a Washington Redskins or one of those teams that just throws around, if Jacksonville wants him, you know, Shot Khan is going to throw out whatever, however much money possible he... So, you know, I hope oh, yeah. I hope he's he's with the team. I think he signs after this year for long term. Well, I mean, Green Bay is going to be going into the offseason. I think even right now as they stand, they've got something like $13 million in cap space. I think yeah. they have the second most cap space currently in the league yeah, behind that. Houston. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, you know how Ted to Thompson with. can be. <laughs> oh, I know it. I just hope that he doesn't act that way this offseason and goes ahead and he makes sure Devontae stays around. They cannot afford another <laughs> Casey Hayward or Micah Hyde <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You, you let a guy go and, and they go off and, and, and just tear it up somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, who would have thought that? Peppers. Even Peppers this year. Yeah, yeah. Something ridiculous. You got, what, like eight sacks now? Seven and a half, eight? Oh, well. I like uh, it. Yeah, that's my first word. One for Devontae Adams. And for your first word, I would like to get your first word on Nick Perry's performance in the Bears game and going forward. How the hell... How the hell can Nick Perry play yeah. this well oh, without the one. club? Maybe maybe it's the player and not the club. Yeah, it's huh. stunning. <laughs> Player's not but club. No, man, Nick Perry, That's the new uh, mantra. Playing up to that contract, club or no club, um, he's the best pass rusher on this team yeah. right now, I think, in the offseason. We'll probably have to find another one to put a opposite of him. But... You know that. Well, this this looks to be a good draft for it. Just looking ahead. This, oh yeah, yeah. Some I good pass rushers coming out in this draft. I was watching NC State game the other day and watching Bradley Chubb. That dude was just every play, every play, just just in on it, everywhere, all yeah. over the place. Um, well, and and you know, people continue not to think about it, but we've talked about it on the show before. But Kentucky's got two up and coming really good pass rushers, in uh, Denzel Ware and Josh Allen. I think Allen's either tied for or second they, in the SEC uh, in sacks. What year are they in? Are they sophomore, junior? I think Allen is a junior. I'd have to look up what yeah. Ware is, but I could see Allen returning yeah, for a but, senior season know, too. So I'm not back sure. To Nick Perry. Best pass rusher on this team right now, you know that contract in the off season yeah. had. You know, <laughs> I, I've I've heard a number of people 
talk about whether whether he earned it, whether he was worth it or not. But you know, when you when he has when he has a game with three sacks and you know is playing the way he can play, it's what what else can you say? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's worth it. I mean, he he definitely has yeah ascended to the number one pass rusher on the team that's for sure I mean Matthews is still really versatile and yeah. he's probably having his best season of his career against the run this year but Perry is Perry is this team's most valuable <laughs> rusher right now but I like Club it Perry. That's, that's good um, <laughs> I like that a lot well there you have it there's your Bears game the Packers get the win and we move on to this Sunday the Ravens come to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers uh, we will dive into that game and discuss uh, who's for real on this team and who isn't in a little segment we're going to call Is They For Real or No? After a word from our fake sponsors. Hi, I'm Paul Harning, and football's been a big part of my life. To keep up with it, I go straight to the source, the sporting news. For my money, nothing else even comes close. Each issue covers more yardies than you get from broadcasts, newspapers, and all other sports weeklies and monthlies combined. Who's making the tackles and getting that vital third down yardage. The previews, picks, and football's hottest issues. And you'll get the same straight story on baseball, basketball, hockey, and boxing too. That's the way I like my sports coverage, and this is where I get it, in the sporting news. So can you. Reach for your phone now and call toll-free 1-800-592-6000. You'll get 36 issues of the Sporting News for three installments of only $6.54. You'll also get special preview issues at no extra cost. This is a savings of one-half off the regular subscription rate. It's our lowest price anywhere. So call now 1-800-592-6000. That's 1-800-592-6000. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom. I am flesh and I am bone Rise up ting ting like green and gold I got fire in my soul Rise up ting ting we're singing
bones and the aching bones Everybody in the nosebleed singing now We're never, never going home Everybody on the phone beat running out Through the tones and the aching bones Everybody in the nosebleed singing now We're never, never going home time I was in a, uh, a gas station parking lot and a guy came up to me uh, and handed me his his mixtape it wasn't a mixtape it was a CD but you know what I'm saying uh, it was his mixtape and on the label the title was is you twerking or no <laughs> and that has stuck with me for Years afterwards, and oh I think it's the greatest God. title of any mixtape, any album. The Beatles couldn't have named an album any better than Is You Twerking or Naw? Um, so that's the name of this next <laughs> segment. As we get back here into the second half of the show, Is They For Real or Naw? And Ty, I'm going to oh name some, uh, a handful of players here who uh, who have shown some, some promise, have, uh, have really come through for the Packers, and uh, let's discuss and answer the question of questions. Is they for real or no? <laughs> so the first name uh, that I want to talk about uh, on is they for real or no? Uh, Demarius Randall. We talked about him a moment ago. Sleevy Wonder, after looking like his career was headed, you know, going the way of the buggy whip, uh, going nowhere. Uh, he has come back uh, since that Dallas game and has really made a strong showing for more playing time, for being the starting quarterback, probably the number one cornerback on this team right now. Is this a mirage? Uh, is he really rounding out into being the best cornerback on this team? Is he for real or no? You know, if you would have asked me six weeks ago the same question, I would have had a different answer. But, uh, they for real. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I think, I think Randall, I think Randall might really finally be figuring it out. Like we've said, Randall's got his groove back. I think he might really be rounding out into the player that we thought he could be after a really solid rookie campaign. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. They for real. Demarius Randall is for real. Sleevy Wonder is for real. I think I think injuries were an issue last year which I had question marks about, but yeah. I think he just hit that slump. He hit that sophomore slump and uh I think he's coming out of it. I think he's I think he's set to play a major role in the secondary going forward, and I think he's for real. 
we saw yeah, I mean, we saw what he could be in his rookie year, and I think he's only going to get better. And I think he's been the best cornerback uh, on this team this year. Uh, yeah, he, especially for. since the Dallas game. I mean, he he showed us a lot his rookie year. He didn't have to be a number one guy his rookie year because we still had Shields. And I think last year, the combination of injuries and suddenly being forced into that number one corner spot really took a toll on him. I think it took a toll on him. I think it took a toll on his confidence because he wasn't ready. And then he got injured on top of not being ready. And, you know, I I think after he gave up the easy touchdown in the first Bears game and got benched, then sent to the locker room and all that ordeal happened, I think that was a wake-up call for him. Like, yeah, you're a first-round draft pick, but you're not too special that we're not going to bench you if you're playing like shit. Yeah. And since then, he's he's kept his head down. He's kept his his uh, his nose in the playbook, and he's let his play do the talking for him because he's a talker. And I don't mind if somebody's a talker when their play's backing it up, but thus far, he's yeah. letting his play do the talking. And I'm totally fine with that yeah so i think we're in agreement. demarius randall for real he's for real um next on the list how about blake martinez the guy has come through and and been just at a he's had an amazing year uh especially against the run and just being really a really good all-around middle linebacker but is this a mirage is is he really going to be our number one middle linebacker for years to come? Uh, is Blake Martinez for real or no? All day for real. Blake <laughs> Martinez is totally for real. And, you know, I, it took him a year to to get up to NFL speed to get it a little bit figured out. But, boy, has he got it figured out now. He's on pace for close to 150 tackles this year. He's been really good all around. He pretty well never leaves the field, no matter what package they're in. You know, he he's not a liability in coverage. He's he's not Derek Brooks, but who is? You know, yeah. I mean, he's not Brian Urlacher, which Urlacher was a college safety, so that's an advantage in itself. But um, and against the run, though, you've mentioned it before on this show where we really looked at Jake Ryan, uh, the senior being the real run stopper here and he is still an amazing run stopper but martinez wow man i mean he grades out still as i think like the third best middle linebacker in the league against the run yeah he's been dynamite and I he has had played him. above his draft status yeah i almost had him as on one of my stat lines this week for double digit tackles um but I went a different direction. But I agree with you. Again, I think Blake Martinez is for real. I think he's I think he's the player and then some that we were hoping he'd be because I was excited about him when they drafted him, but mostly for his coverage ability. I'm you know, pleasantly surprised at how well he is he's playing against a run. He just seems to be in on every tackle. Uh he almost yeah. had the inter- I mean, he almost he, had an interception plays... in the Bears game. He was inch away from picking off that that pass uh in the first quarter and i think as time goes on he'll do more of that um he's just he just he just at this point he looks like the total package 
And if he can stay healthy, I think this dude's going to be our middle linebacker for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Well, the thing with him is, is he doesn't have, he doesn't have the same disadvantage that AJ Hawk had being drafted fifth overall in the draft. Yeah. Because I think, I think when you look at AJ Hawk, AJ Hawk was one of the most dependable players that we've ever seen in football, period. Yeah, he barely missed. He was there, missed. always. He rarely missed a game. I think he missed maybe two games his whole career. Yeah. And I think it just hurt him a lot because he was drafted fifth overall and everyone expected him to be the next Ray Nitschke. And that wasn't going to happen. Because he was a massive talent coming out of college, but I'm glad he was a Packer. I still think... In retrospect, yeah, he was overdrafted, but had he been drafted in the fourth round like Martinez, we probably would have talked about him much in the same way. Yeah, and, and you know, being drafted in the fourth round as a middle linebacker, that doesn't that, – that draft status doesn't mean as much as it did back in the day because really not, a, not many middle linebackers get drafted in the first round anymore just because the game even, has changed. Even 10 years ago. yeah. It was a different thing to be a middle linebacker and be drafted high. Yeah. So, I like Martinez. I think he's for real. I think Randall and Martina, Randall and Martinez, both for real. Uh, the next name on this list, Trevor Davis. Is he for real or no? No. 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 He just, I don't know, man. He... At some point, you have to wonder if he's not just another Jeff Janis. He's fast. He can get down the field. But obviously, there's something lacking with his route running ability, something somewhere that he's not seeing the field on the offense. Because we've talked about needing a field stretcher, needing somebody who can burn guys down the field, even at a number three or four receiver spot. Yeah. Because we don't have a, you know a capable burner to go out there that is going to be dependable and run the right routes the right way and I mean we got two guys in Janice and Trevor Davis that are really fast but you got Davis out here trying to field punts in the end zone yeah that's that's that was where I was going to alter kind of how I wanted to gauge Trevor Davis. Not as much as a wide receiver, but could he be the punt returner, kick returner for this team for years going forward? So. I'm going to agree. I'm going to say no. I think, you know, fielding the punt in the end zone was was a boneheaded move. And, yeah, he's got some breakout speed. And, yeah, he can probably break one take it to the house. But I think at this point, it's hard for me to see him making the team uh, too many more times. But, you know, then again, we Jeff Janis seems to always have a spot on this team. So Yeah, but Jeff Janis, I still think, is probably the best gunner on punts in the league. Yeah, I, that, that's, that's a fair point uh, as well. I don't think Trevor Davis will ever make it as a wide receiver on this team. Um, I don't either. Uh, but as a returner, he's serviceable. He has ability. He can break one. But I think, uh, 
I just think in terms of, of whether or not he's he's the real deal uh, as a returner, I, I, I don't see it. I, he, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he, he took it, and his excuse for taking it out of the end zone was the rain got in his eyes. Uh, okay, Trevor. That doesn't mean you should you shouldn't have even been in the end zone to field that punt. Yeah, it, it, I don't know how much rain would have gotten into your eyes for you to lose complete track of where you were on the field, but yeah, I, I, it is what it is. So, uh, Trevor Davis, no, nah, we agree on that one. Um, next up, Ty Montgomery, and uh, Ty Montgomery, will he be? Yeah, I think there's a place for him on this team. But what I want to know is, as a number one running back, as a starting running back, is he for real or no? Man, that's tough. It is tough. I've been thinking about this That's one. tough. Because I, I don't like saying anything negative about Montgomery because I really like him as a player and a person. Um... But as a starting number one featured back, it almost pains me to say it because I had high expectations for him at the start of the season, but no. No. No, I just... He still has this thing about him where he's a little more indecisive as a runner Mm -hmm. unless the hole is really there like it was on the 37-yard touchdown. And he has the ability. I think he's a great rotational player. He's a really good pass blocker. And he's a great mismatch type of player. And he's going to break one from time to time. But as a guy that you need to go out there and carry the load for 20-plus carries a game and be your featured lead workhorse back, I just don't think that's him. Yeah, I... uh... I don't know. I could go both ways on this. I, I really yeah, like what I see. It's hard. Yeah, I really like what I see with Ty Montgomery from time to time in terms of just, you know, lateral movement inside the hole, uh, you know, vision, stuff like that. Every now and then, he looks really sharp. Health-wise, I don't know if he can carry a load like that. Um, yeah. And I, It's like when he's decisive, he's really good. Yeah. He, but that's the thing is when he's decisive. Yeah, and you look at the backfield that they have, they wouldn't have gone out and drafted three running backs if the Packers were sure of the fact that Ty Montgomery... And you look at and you, when you see what you have with the running backs, some guys like Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, I don't think the Packers are ever going to use Ty Montgomery as a featured back, uh, even if he could be. So I'm going to lean with you on this, and I'm going to say no. Ty Montgomery... Um, as a featured back that, you know, he kind of wants to be, the team kind of was hoping he would be, uh, I, I just don't see it in the cards for him. I do think, you know, like I said, there will be a place on the team for him. Um, he, he can do a lot of stuff. He's probably going to get, you know, he's going to get his share of carries going forward this year and, you know, into the future, but... I just think as a, you know, as a Zeke Elliott, you know, those type of workhorse backs, I don't, I just don't see it with Ty Montgomery. And I mean, we could be wrong. You know, it, it may be an issue of he takes his lumps this season, his 
body gets used to the punishment that position requires, comes back next season, and breaks out. I mean, because he hasn't played running back since high school. So, who knows? We could be totally wrong on that one, and he could show us all. But I'm just not sold totally on it happening. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. But at yeah, this I'd point, love to be wrong about at it. At this point, though, I, I, I just... Uh, I don't see it. Um, okay, a couple more here. Kyle Murphy. Now, a guy who's been injured this year. We haven't seen much of him. But I think going forward, you look into next year, uh, Balaga is going to be coming off of an ACL. We don't know where his status is going to be after this season. Uh, Jari Evans will be gone. There will be a hole at the guard position yet again. And... Uh, you know the the Packers seem to like what they've what they've seen out of Kyle Murphy uh, in his time of playing, and I, I I think he's looked good. But going forward, as either the starting guard next year or the starting right tackle next year, is Kyle Murphy for real or no? <laughs> I think Kyle Murphy's for real. Yeah. Yeah, I do, because what little we saw of Kyle Murphy before he got hurt, thrust into action the way that he was at positions that he was totally inexperienced at, he showed a lot of raw talent and potential that I didn't know that he had. I'll tell you this, out of, out of that draft class, I've, I've, I've liked him way more than I've liked Jason Spriggs at this point. So have I. I I've liked Justin McCray. Yeah. <laughs> off the street more than I've liked Jason Spriggs. McCray is playing actually pretty well. Yeah. He's a really good physical player, but to stick with um, Murphy, I think he's got a, a bit of a nasty element to his game. He's, I think, more athletic at the position than we thought he was going to be because Spriggs was thought to be the real athletic one, the left tackle. But Murphy has shown some real power in both pass and run blocking. And, you know, based on what we saw earlier this year before he went down with injury, he showed, he to me, he at this point is a bit more of like a diamond in the rough. Yeah. But. He was a seventh round pick. Yeah, but Bakhtiari has even talked about that, that he doesn't even recognize himself on film from his rookie year because he's such a different player now. And I think if they work with Kyle Murphy, he gets healthy and he really refines his game. I think he would be a shoe in at a at a starting spot at either guard or tackle. Yeah, and it would surprise me to have to put him in at guard and uh, possibly hang on to McCray, keep him at right tackle because I, I think McCray's been he's playing well. Yeah, I think McCray could possibly be for real as well. So <laughs> that's yeah. the name I didn't put on there's here, a, but that, that's there's uh, a twofer. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think, I think we both like what we see with Kyle Murphy, but last but not least on this list, and this one's a big mystery to me because I was really high on this guy earlier, but boy, has he really disappeared as of late. Geronimo Allison. Is Geronimo Allison yeah, for real I... or no? <laughs> Man, that, and, you know, he, he really just hasn't shown up. We haven't seen him at all. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't really know if he's been on the field very much. I haven't noticed him. Yeah, he hasn't I don't. He and, hasn't done anything, to my knowledge. And we had really high expectations for him coming into this year, but... Well, even earlier <sighs> in the year, you go back to the Cincinnati game, he had the big play to win the game in overtime. Yeah. 
Um, and I just, man, I don't know. That's the toughest one so far. Um, I don't know. Can, can I kind of just like take a pass and revisit this later? Because I don't know. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> oh, nice. Let's see. This um, one's this one's important because you know, let's say Devonte Adams gets away in free agency. Yeah. You know, could Allison be in line to step up and and take on that role next year? Is he capable he of doing to. that? Yeah, is he capable of doing that, or you know, is he not? And that's a you know, uh, I know he's been absent in the past several weeks. I know we haven't really seen him since the Cincinnati game. But I feel like he does have the ability and he does have the talent. I just don't know enough about what's going on that he's either not seeing the field or they're not looking his way. I think he's got talent, so I'm going to say that he's for real. Because we've seen a lot of really good things from him. I just don't know why he hasn't been showing up lately. So it's a very tentative, for real, that could change. I I wonder if, with Hunley at quarterback, are the Packers playing with more of a... uh, Which it does seem like a lot of the time. um, But even in in their spread... Five wides. I, I don't. I haven't noticed them. Haven't seen them on the field. So I don't know if they're just using more pass protection, more uh, or what it is. But it doesn't seem. I just. I haven't noticed him on the field at all. Um, I mean, even in the spreads, they've had one and two tight ends on the field quite a bit. Yeah, even with Ty Montgomery out wide, they've they've done that yeah. a number of times. So uh, I'm gonna have to split with you. I got. I got. Okay. <laughs> you said it sounded very sad. Okay, okay, that's fine. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I I get it because I could. I was close to saying no. I'm just I'm trying to be optimistic about him. Well, I would like to be optimistic because I mean, you go back and listen to some of our episodes earlier. Then you go back to the Cincinnati game. I think the first word for me was Geronimo Allison, and my my word was was driver. I thought he could be yeah. the next Donald Driver. He has the talent to do that. But the fact that he hasn't produced or done anything, maybe he's you know a younger version of Jordy Nelson. He's only effective when Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback. <laughs> maybe that's maybe. the key. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, or Smoking Joe. Him and Smoking Joe have a, a good chemistry. Yeah. But we'll, we'll go off of that. Um, but I'm going to say no. I, I don't see Allison stepping up and being a, a you know at least a number three receiver. Uh, at this point, um, you know, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong, but just the fact that I that he's been MIA for the past two or three weeks is is concerning for a guy that you know was really looked like the arrow was pointing up at the beginning of the season, and then all of a sudden gone. I, I don't know. Yeah. So maybe there's uh, something just, going on know. internally that we, we we're not you know we don't know about, but I don't. That's know. why it's such a mystery. Is I just don't know. Yeah. So. And why I could very easily agree with you. <laughs> yeah, but that's the you know that's the one we split on, and it's it's a tough one. It's it's <laughs> as I was watching the Bears game, I was like, it hit me. I was like, I mean, it's it's a good one to split on. Yeah, it just hit me. I was like, where where is Allison at? I haven't he hasn't done anything. So, 
I don't know. I mean, because we, we could not see him the rest of the season at all, and he could get cut, and he definitely is a gnaw. But then he may pop up next week and have 80 yards and a touchdown. I, I <laughs> Who That's knows? what he is. I mean, we just don't know. He's a mystery man at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see, but there you go, folks. That was is they for real or not? And I didn't put any rookies or or uh, you know uh, anybody like that in so far because you know you yeah. can't tell much from you know their rookie season. I, I wanted to grab oh, yeah. some guys that have gotten some work in and were able to develop and kind of, you kind of get a really good feel for who they are and what they could be. Um, well, that's the general rule. I mean, you really gotta wait unless they're just a standout player or a total bust, you really got to give a guy usually until midway or to the end of their third year, especially yeah. when you're grading, grading like a draft class. You got to really wait three years before you can really grade a draft yeah. class. And, you know, that's, that's Demarius Randall right there. He's in his yeah. third year. Yeah, we're midway through his third year, and he looks good. Yeah, so let, let's hope that's the real him, and it's not just all smoke and mirrors yeah. or sleepy wonder. Um, but let's look at this Ravens game real quick um, before we sign up. We're running a little long here with the with the the show tonight. But this Ravens game is really a toss up. I, I like the Packers in this game just for the simple fact that they're at home, and I think the Ravens are kind of a team without an identity right now. Um, they don't run the ball all that effectively. They do have a they do have a guy Alex Collins who is very capable of breaking big runs. And doing something, I think he was drafted by Seattle, I believe, a few years ago. Um, outside of that, though, the passing game, Mike Mike Wallace hasn't done anything. Jeremy Macklin hasn't done much. Um, I don't know. How are you feeling about this game overall? Before we we kind of look at the, uh, just kind of dig into the 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 numbers of the situation. Uh, more, more positive than negative. Yeah, I think it's a winnable game. That's and that's yeah. the yeah, most I mean, you can I, hope for at this I think point. It's winnable. Yeah, I, I think if they can continue the momentum from the second half of the Bears game on offense, I think it's a very winnable game. What did Hundley say? Uh, ride the wave. Yeah, maybe ride the wave has run the table this year. <laughs> maybe. Um, but you look at Joe Flacco, and boy, when people say, "Oh, Joe Flacco, he's an elite quarterback." Elite my ass. Okay, guys, Joe Flacco's not an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback I who won a Super Bowl, got on got on a hot run. It's not a mystery it's, anymore. It's, it's not. No, let's stop that. He has eight touchdowns to ten interceptions this year. Um, yeah, he – That's His rating on the season's not even a 90. Yeah. I do think this will be a low-scoring game, though. I, I, I could see that because the Ravens do have – their defense isn't terrible. Um, they they don't really hold anybody to much less time of possession. It's about a fifty fifty split for them on time of possession with their opponents. Um, they give up about four and a half yards of carry on the ground. Uh, I mean they they pretty it, it's really weird. They give up as much as they get. Like, it's, it's almost exact. They average 4.2 yards on the ground on offense. They give up 4.2 yards of ground on defense. They 
average 4.4 yards per play on offense and give up 4.9 yards a play on offense. It's really strange, and I don't really know what to make of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird because that front seven with Terrell Suggs and and uh, you know just, you know the Ravens have always had a good pass rush and always had good linebacking play. Um, but you know you can run the ball against them. They're they're you know they give up 125 yards a game. Um, their passing defense, though, that's that's the that's the key. That's the thing that worries me. They only give up 180 yards. Or, or, well, and they're plus four in the turnover differential. They've got um, I had it in front of me because they've got I think let's see one two. They've got they've got like five guys in that secondary that have at least two interceptions. Yeah, that secondary is really like that. good, and that's that's a key matchup here. Brett Hundley against the Ravens secondary with guys like Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson, who they picked up from uh, Arizona in the offseason. Jimmy Smith is having a, a under the radar Pro Bowl year. Um, yeah, you know they got some guys that can play in the secondary, um, and that's what worries me with a, with going in with Hundley. They have guys that can pick off the football. Um, how are you feeling on the Hunley versus Ravens secondary? Can Hunley be as efficient and not turn the ball over and not cost the Packers any in this game? I think it's a matter of Hunley just being smart. Yeah. Because, like you said, you can run against this team. They're ranked uh, 28th in the league against the run, with, like you said, 126 yards a game. We just ran against a solid Bears front for 167 yards. Yeah. So, to me, I think that's where you have to lean. You lean on the run, you're smart with your passes, and you know you don't take unnecessary chances. But I think we could see a lot of quick slants. I think we could see the tight ends get involved. But I think it's going to be a run-heavy game, and like you said, a low-scoring game. Yeah, the Ravens, uh, Ravens only uh, score 21 points per game the Packers score 22 points per yeah. game so so it'll be close it'll come down to a field goal I think it could come down to a Mason Crosby field goal to win it at the end well um, and with Brett Good being back in the mix I feel a lot better about that exactly. <laughs> that scenario's uh much better for me but we saw the Packers run defense kind of come back to form come back to shape against the Bears uh a little bit uh they're going up against Alex Collins and the, and the Ravens rushing attack this week can the Packers' run defense keep things going? Was it just a matter of – because let's face it, Flacco's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but Flacco is a good quarterback. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He can make throws if needed. Um, so the Packers aren't mm-hmm. going to be able to load the box in the way that they did against Trubisky. And Trubisky, yeah. you know, look, you know, zoning in on the run, Trubisky played pretty well. He, he almost had a 300-yard game – um, he did, but I still think a lot of that was the fact that they really sold out to stop the run. Yeah. How do you feel like how do you feel the defense playing this offense? Because, you know, you got Flacco who's a statue in the pocket pretty much. Or, you know, when he does run, he almost gets his head taken off. So he he will run if necessary, but I think well, they're gonna the try thing. to keep him from doing that from from going forward. I, I think this is another team that's similar to the Bears. They rank tenth in the league 
in rushing yards per game with 121, but they're dead last in the league in passing yards per game. They're only getting 166 passing yards a game, period. So I think... I think we may not see a, a ton of the base defense in this game, but that sooner package that Capers has employed as of late with it's basically base personnel, but instead of two middle linebackers, it's a middle linebacker in the extra safety. Like the base version of the nitro package almost. So, I mean, I think we could see a little bit of that. Um you know, Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark are playing really well right now, so I think they may not have to sell out against the run quite as much as they did against the Bears, because I think Flacco's still more dangerous than Trubisky is, but I still think this is a game where you try to make Flacco beat you and yeah. keep them off the field. You lean on your run game, grind it out, win time of possession, and don't turn the ball over. That's the two big ones. Win time of possession, don't turn the ball over. I think they win this game. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like I talked about a minute ago, Flacco's thrown 10 interceptions. He's thrown more interceptions than he has touchdowns this year. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, this could be the game where Kevin King gets his first interception because he will throw you the ball. (laughs) You know, he's kind of turning into Jay Cutler. At this point, it seems like. That's a a scary thought for Ravens fans. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't put Flacco down that, that far, but. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you—it's almost somewhat of a similar game plan. I think you—you you don't want to let the Ravens get their running game going, force Flacco to beat you, um, and I think they'll be fine. I, I feel good about this game. Um, I think the Packers may have a few tricks up their sleeve. Uh, my biggest concern though is Hundley against that secondary. If he throws some interceptions, turns it over, um. That could be the downfall of this game, but I think the Packers being at home helps a lot to yeah. minimize that pass rush. Because the one thing I noticed Hunley doing in the Bears game, uh, which I'm sure he learned from Rodgers, uh, the hard count. Hunley was yeah. was hitting that hard count pretty good. So you get him at home, uh, you hit him with the hard count, try to slow down Suggs in that pass rush, and uh, you know I, th- I think I, th- I think Hunley will be fine. Uh, against the secondary, just just Hunley plays the game he played against Chicago. Efficient. Don't try to do too much. Just, just run the offense. Trust your reads. Get rid of the football on time, and he'll be fine. Because I think Hunley would have had you know more yards. He would have had a better game if he would have just gotten in been that more group. decisive. Yeah, been more decisive early in the game than he was because. That first drive, there were two passes on that drive that should have been picked off. Yeah, um, and you can't. You're not going to be able to do that against this because Eric Weddle, he's a veteran guy. He's gonna. He's gonna. Be, if if you throw the ball his direction, he will pick it off. Uh, yeah, these I mean, are, this isn't the Bears secondary. He's yeah. not Ed Reed, but he's a savvy veteran and he's seen everything. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna have to play careful, but I think. Like we talked, you talked about a minute ago. You can run against this team, and I think Jamal Williams. I think he's. I think he's. He could have a big breakout game, kind of like Aaron yeah. Jones did when Aaron Jones was had to step in, be the number one guy. Came right out, played a huge role in that Dallas Cowboys game. This could be the game where Jamal Williams is is the key factor for the Packers in this game, uh, on the ground. Um. 
One thing that I just thought of, this is just kind of out, out of out of thin air. Have you noticed that every this is the second season in a row that when we play the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone and misses misses time. <laughs> Because in 2013, that was the last time we played the NFC North, and that was the last time oh, the Aaron AFC Rogers North. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Just to, just a brain fart. I just thought about because I was thinking about the last time the Packers played the Ravens, and I think that was the last game because I remember that game because it was a uh, it was in Baltimore, and it was one where uh, Rogers hit. I think it was Nelson on a on a big touchdown pass. At the God, end of the game that, to seal that one. That was when A.J. Hawk had the three-sack game. Yeah, yeah. Was that, that was the same the game Randall Cobb broke his leg? It was. Yes, it was. That, that yeah. nasty hit at the end, yeah. yeah. That was the last time. But we won that game. And uh, I think well, That Rogers was also the last three-sack game by a Packer defender until Perry, Perry on Sunday. Because A.J. Hawk had those, those three sacks, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just a fun fact for everyone out there. Anytime the Packers play the NFC North, our quarterback's going to get hurt uh, at some point in the season. <laughs> or the AFC North. I keep saying the NFC North. Um, but let's move on to stat lines. Let's put a big bow on this uh, this episode of Blue Cheese Radio and get out of here before we uh, before we hit the three-hour mark this week. I swear yeah. these, shows, these shows get longer and longer, and it doesn't seem like it. Um, well, this this one's not quite the super so uh, the super show like last week, but yeah, you know, we we run a little long, but I'm I'm ready to get into some stat lines this week, more serious stat lines. <laughs> Coming back to reality, or are we? Yeah, we'll find out. Um, but yes, let's look at it. Ravens at the Packers this Sunday, Week Ten. It's time for stat lines. All right, Ty, I went first last week with my completely insane stat lines. This week, maybe a little more insane than last week. I'm just kidding. Not, maybe not. Really? <laughs> well, you be the How? judge. <laughs> you be the judge. But I'm going to let you go first this week. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hold the suspense. and We'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell everybody what I've got. I've I've jumped into DeLorean. I wasn't drunk this time, but I cranked it up to 98 instead of 88. So I don't know if I went to some parallel universe or what happened. But you've gone too far. <laughs> this season's a you know, it, it's a it's a wild season. So, uh, but you go ahead. I want I want you, what do you what are your stat lines for week ten? Well, I prepared just a little bit better this week. Um, but I do have something in my stat lines that I don't normally do, and I jumped over to the opposing team for one of my stat lines this week. But I'm going to start this one out with Jamal Williams. He showed me a lot in that Bears game. I still don't know that he has a ton of yards per carry, but they're going to lean on him a lot, and I think he's going to finish this game with 23 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown. Nice. You know, they're going to really grind it out with him. They're going to lean on him quite a bit. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think Nick Perry is going to continue his his tear after that. He's feeling it after the Bears game. He's going to finish this game with four total tackles, two tackles for a loss, and he's going to sneak in one sack on that stat line. Clubless Nick Perry. Clubless Nick Perry. <laughs> and then I'm going to jump over to the opposing sideline, something I've not done very often in 
doing stat lines in the past on this show. And that's where my quarterback's coming from this week. My quarterback stat lines. I think they're going to try to force Flacco to beat him. And I don't know that he's going to have a very good day trying to do it. And Flacco is going to go 19 for 28. 200 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. I like that. I think Flacco is is good for two interceptions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going by uh, the stats. I think this he'll year. get a touchdown in there, but it's not going to matter. I think the, the two picks is going to really seal a lot in this game. I like it. Oh, Flo Jacko, <laughs> Jam- <laughs> Captain Eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams, 23 attempts, 87 yards, one touchdown. The workhorse in this game for the Packers. And then Nick Perry, clubless Nick Perry, four total tackles, two tackles for a loss, one sack. And Joe Flacco, 19 of 28, 200 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Those are Ty's stat lines for this week. Now, you got to pay very close attention to my stat lines this week. Because they won't make sense unless you pay attention. <laughs> God, your stat lines are going to play like an episode of the X-Files. <laughs> My first stat line. Brett Hundley will come into this game. He'll play well. He'll play efficiently. 19-31, 234 yards, and one interception for Brett Hundley in this game. Uh, no touchdowns. No touchdowns. Huh. But... Jordy Nelson will have a big game in this game. I see Nelson coming back. He's going to bounce back. He's been quiet for for about a month. He's going to come back. Six receptions, 88 yards, and one touchdown for Jordy Nelson. Anything weird there? Oh, yeah, plenty weird there. (laughs) I'm I'm really waiting to hear what you round this out with. Well, my third and final stat line for this week. Randall Cobb. Four receptions, 33 yards. He'll have four rushes for 21 yards. And a passing touchdown. And he'll pass for a 46-yard touchdown to Jordy Nelson. Wow. Thank you very much. That that may be... Bolder than your smoking Joe prediction last week. I, that is bold, I told my you friend. I cranked that sucker up to 98, and I went. You're to have to rename the hot sauce from <laughs> Frank's Red Hot to Mike's Red Hot because that is red hot and bold. We'll see after the perfect uh, the perfect game with Tom Montgomery earlier in the season. I, I'm trying to up my game a little bit. See if I get any of these. If I get this right, I have officially patented the name of the Packers psychic. And I'm going to start the Packers Psychic Network. If you get this right, we're driving to Green Bay on Saturday, and we're going to just beat on Ted Thompson's door until he opens it and says, What? Like, dude, we got to talk. <laughs> Have you heard this week's episode? <laughs> of what? So, Brett Hundley, 19-31, 234 yards, winner reception. He'll play efficiently. He'll keep, he'll keep the ship steered straight. Jordy Nelson will be the beneficiary of six receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. And Randall Cobb will have a big game as well. Four receptions, 33 yards, four rushes for 21 yards, and a 46-yard passing touchdown to Jordy Nelson, 
Those are your stat lines for Week 10. Ravens at the Packers. And there you have it. Bold. I, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I hope it happens. I, I, I mean, I, I don't hope Hundley throws the pick. I hope he stays pickless. But if Randall Cobb tosses a 46-yarder to Jordy Nelson... I might pee myself. Well, this goes back to our conversation about lining Cobb up in, in the Wildcat and doing some new things and, and whatnot like that. I noticed that in the Bears game, they were doing some different formations with Cobb in the backfield and whatnot. I think yeah. this would be the perfect game for Cobb to line up in the Wildcat, take the snap, or even, uh, I think even better, on a, on an end around. Get Cobb going out vertical. And uh, as the defense sucks up, because like you, like you said in the Bears game, the defense had zero interest in defending the pass as soon as Randall Cobb got the ball in his hands. Oh, yeah. So if, they could have sent Jeff Janis down the field and just said, Jeff, go run. Yeah. And he would have been wide open running straight down the field. Yeah, so I think this would be the perfect game because the Ravens' uh, pass defense is really good. I think the Packers are going to struggle to get many big plays in the passing game as, you know, as seen in my Brett Hundley stat. And I think this would be the perfect game for them to do something like that with Cobb and have Cobb throw it for the first time. And I think if he does on like an end around, he's going out, the defense is all rushing, all looking at Cobb, and Cobb just takes that ball and launches it down the field to Nelson from about the 50-yard line, like I said, a 46-yard pass. I think this is the game that they would do something like that. I think it would make the most sense. Oh, man. That would be awesome. <laughs> I, I, they Ravens would never expect it. They'd never expect it. And, you know, it. if that happens, then that will have put us both calling a huge Randall Cobb-involved touchdown in Packers history because you can ask Shelby, in the game against the Bears where they won the division when Rodgers came back and threw the fourth down touchdown to Cobb, uh-huh. we were out that Saturday, and I told her, I think we were on the way to Walmart to buy groceries. I said, you know what's going to happen tomorrow night? It's going to come down to the last play on a fourth down, and Rodgers is going to launch one to Cobb to win the game on a touchdown. <laughs> she said, all right, I guess we'll see if that happens. And then it did, and I like to have a heart attack. <laughs> I'm going to have to confirm this with Shelby. Not that I'm calling you a liar or anything. Go ahead. But No, she'll back me up on okay. it. Okay. I know, I know. She's a, she's a fair. She's the uh, the official of the Titletown Rumble, so I know she's a fair and impartial uh, a witness to like such we've, things. Like we've told everybody, she hates us both equally. <laughs> exactly. So she has no reason to lie for either of us. Exactly. There's there's no favorites being played here. Um, so yeah, uh, it'll be fun. I, I don't know if it'll happen, but I think this this is the game that if something like that did was going to happen, this is the game for it. Um, see, I could, I could see it more happening from like the five, on a, a you know a quarterback draw fake or something like that, and him pulling like Tim Tebow jump pass. Yeah. But God, I mean, that would be so unexpected that it would almost have to work if it was like on an end around from the fifty. Yeah, see, that was my thinking. I was like, you know, are would they be more? Because if you're doing it at the five, you're going to have to be. It's just a such, pretty on it. Yeah, it's just, it's such a small area that I think if they got yeah. if they got Cobb going on an end around or something like that, and you had time for the defense to to suck up towards the line of scrimmage, you could get a receiver behind that and just have Cobb throw it. 
with with all of his arm strength because you know he can and he's got an arm yeah yeah i mean i've seen Cobb throw the deep pass in all his time at uk it it can be done yeah he's a good passer yeah i don't know i don't i don't to know a wide open nelson running down the field i think he's just a good enough passer for that mm-hmm yeah i, I we'll see I'm going to be keeping an eye on that hardcore. (laughs) Well, folks, you can keep an eye on everything Packers at PackToTheFuture.com. Articles, podcasts, player profiles, play breakdowns, you name it. PackToTheFuture.com is where you want to be. You can follow us on Twitter at BlueCheeseRadio, at RadiationMike, at TitletownTie. Hit us up, hit that follow button, and uh, interact with us. We're always happy to to talk with you folks, especially uh, especially Frazier. Talk to hit up, answered some questions from Frazier this week. Got around to doing every that every Monday. Week. Yeah, yeah. It's Frazier Monday. Uh, Facebook.com backslash Blue Cheese Radio. You can uh, hit that like button on there and uh, find out when the show drops. First thing on Facebook.com backslash Blue Cheese Radio. iTunes, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five star review. We need it. It helps us, it helps get the show out to more people. And uh, if you could do that for us, we would love you guys forever. And, of course, Blue Cheese Mailbag. AskBlueCheese at gmail.com. Uh, anything and everything, send to that email address. If you have questions that you want answered on the show, if you just have questions in general, uh, even if you have spam, even if you are a, uh, a millionaire from India who has just died and your accounts have been frozen and the only way that you can get into uh, your family's money is by uh, having us send you a thousand bucks and you'll send us a million or whatever those scams are that I always get yeah, in the well, I mean, email. We're not going to send it. We don't have it. Yeah. But, but you know, if you're look- we appreciate the attention. Yeah, if you're looking for it, you, you know where to you know where to go. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll send you an email back just, you know, asking how you're doing. But, um, but yeah, that'll do it for this week on Blue Cheese Radio. Uh, we'll be back next week, as always. Uh, Ty, anything left you want to say before we uh, hit the end button on this sucker? Um, uh, really just the same as last week. Just to remind everybody with the holidays coming up, look into your charities really close. St. Jude's, Toys for Tots, two of the best ones you can do. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to Sunday. Go Pack Go. Back at home. Absolutely, and uh, just for anybody out there wondering, I will be uh, accepting donations for my uh, my mission trip to Hawaii coming up uh, here soon. Ha! Uh, so, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, that that is uh, definitely good advice. Christmas season, holiday season coming up, uh, it's always good to give to to charities and 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 whatnot. And like we said, Toys for Tots. That's uh, probably our favorite here on the show. But just make sure they're credible, they're reputable, the proceeds, your money's going where it's supposed to go. Um, that that's always that's always big and, and number one uh, for me when I give. Um, oh yeah. So give a little, love a little. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. Until next week, I'm Mike, and I'm Ty. And there is your dagger. And no, no, no. Here's how it's done. And there is your dagger!